0: it's a cliche when in rome do as the romans do that was one of my crappy songs i wish i could take that one back when when i'm home all it's got to be is you me and you when in rome do as the romans do wow how profound
1: hi i'm alan altman and i'm dave just and this is billy joel a to z
0: Mary-Kate and Ashley become summer interns in the fashion and entertainment industries in their new movie, When in Rome, with a brand new soundtrack CD full of fashionably cool tunes. is yeah.
2: Another episode of Billy Joel A2Z as we continue our intermittent songs in between album wrap ups, which brings us today to the end of another album, Stormfront, and the final song we're covering off of that album entitled When in Rome. When in Rome is the penultimate song off of the 10 song album released on October 17th, 1989. It was never released as a single. However, it does appear as the B-side to I Go to Extremes, which was released in December of 1989. It appears absolutely nowhere else. And according to Billy Joel, we're pretty sure he'd prefer if it was erased from existence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you realize that now after doing the research, yes? Yes, <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. So let's see where the boys put it. In 2015, Christopher Bonanos did a New York magazine ranking of 121 Billy Joel songs. Where does he
1: place when in Rome? I'm going to guess it's pretty low. So why don't we say 115? Yep, it is low. You're a little off. It's 95.
2: And then ironically or awkwardly, he says, I'm surprised this didn't click as a radio hit. Because it hits every mainstream note of that era, leaving it sounding a little generic today. Could be Steve Winwood, could be Traveling Wilburys, could be almost anyone. So it seems, if you say I'm surprised this didn't click as a radio hit, well, that doesn't mean he has to like it, I guess. Uh, Glenn Gamboa puts a well, not just a little higher, a lot higher, at 71. A great horn-filled, old-school soul song that... Lam- laments how work makes relationships so tough. It's a fact of life. Now a man and wife work full time to just get by is even truer today. The fans however rank it where we would rank it. In fact exactly what you just said 115 out of 121 that puts it lower than our last song weekend song.
1: As it should be. Uh, to me this is not a very remarkable song and it, it definitely sounds like it's 1989 and oh, yeah. it's such a I don't know like billy says it's so easy it's like he takes a cliche phrase and builds a song around it backing singers saxophone and all these things that just don't sound that good right now
2: well here's one i mean if i have heard it before like you say all the time how could you not have heard it i mean i must have put the entire stormfront album on at some point but i think once it gets past the songs that we know where you're tapping your feet there's just background noise and that's probably happened with half of the albums and songs i don't know I don't remember this song at all. It didn't ring a bell when I heard it the first time. I was very excited to play it. You know, when we're coming down to a bunch of the songs I don't know and I'm not familiar with, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited about it, you know, just like that. Oh, my God. What if it's awesome and a hidden gem? And, you know, it's 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 just not. And um, it, it, it was okay. I mean, as soon as I turned it on, I'm getting an 80s sitcom theme to it. That's exactly what it sounds like. Like you said, it's it's right out of the 80s. And so, and immediately from just not knowing anything about it, I don't, I listen to the song first, then I go back and do some of the research and see what we can find. I didn't know he didn't like it. I didn't know any of the stuff. The first thing I said to myself, I don't hate it, but it really seems like an album filler song, like a throwaway song where you've just, I know like you're writing it and you're like, eh, it'll be the ninth song in the album. Like, I'm figuring, uh, what's the last song on Stormfront? It's a good one, right? It's uh,
1: And so it goes.
2: And so it goes, his favorite song. So you know he's got that. He's like, this is what I'll end the album with, because he always has those last songs he knows. So this is the worst song on the album. He knows it. The band knows it. He's like, I'll just make this the ninth song. And it's extremely obvious. In fact, uh, let's see. He, he told Sirius, get this. He told Sirius XM in 2016. It's a cliche. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. It's one of my crappy songs. I wish I could take that one back. I think I was just tapped out ideas when I wrote that one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I've never seen him be so explicit. He has other songs where he's like, oh, I don't really like that one. This one, that, that whole quote that he gave, he says, it's one of my crappy songs. I wish I could take that one back. Like he so explicitly hates this song. It's pretty funny, yeah. actually.
2: It gets worse than that. Actually, there's two other examples that make it even worse. And first of all, again, after hearing it the first time and hearing the lyrics, not knowing the lyrics, not looking at the lyrics when I'm listening to the song, I'm like, I couldn't even believe when he got to that part. When in Rome do like the Romans do. What the fuck? I was angry at that. I'm like, that's so not Billy Joel. He's supposed to take it in a different direction. We you and I. Your parodies would write when in Rome do like the Romans do, because it's stupid and it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not good enough for Sir Billy Joel. Anyway, listen to this. This is hilarious. In March of 2023, we are taping this in 2023. lest uh, we have. I know we have some new listeners that are just starting from the beginning. We're taping this in 2023 and maybe July of 2023. This March of 2023. The New Zealand Herald, Billy Joe revealed, they were like, What songs might you not write today? And this is what what is that, five months ago? He Mm -hmm. said, Well, I got two non-woke songs I wouldn't write. And this was one of them. I don't remember what the other one was. Okay. Bad reporting from me. But yeah, he when it but he mentions when in Rome. And here's the other thing that is hilarious. When he played in Rome, he didn't play the song.
1: Yeah, well, look, why don't we just skip ahead right now to the live stuff? Yeah, let's do it. He has never played this song. Wow. Oh, I never saw that coming. And now, you know, as he winds down his MSG residency, I don't think this is going to be one of those hidden tracks that makes it into the set list. This one is going to stay buried. He hates it.
2: does hate it, but, you know, he also hates Teller about it. And like you said, as he's winding down, fuck it. This song, as bad as it is, still kind of rocks. It's not a horrible song. I could see enjoying this live.
1: Yeah, but you could you could hear any bar band playing this kind of thing. It's just it's generic music. It doesn't feel it's the same way we felt about like House of Blue Light. It's like Yeah. He takes a certain genre, same kind of era, right? He did that one also for like around the stormfront time. And uh it doesn't feel like this is Billy Joel in any way. It's just he took a song that sounds a little bit like an early 60s kind of Motowny sound sort of like what he was already doing for an innocent man, finds a cliche phrase like, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, puts in way too many lyrics. Yeah. Right? There's so many words in this song. He started doing this later in his career where all the songs got much more wordy. It's like he couldn't rely just on the music. Uh, He didn't really feel like the music itself was strong enough, so he had to just put a lot more lyrical content into the songs.
2: So I'm looking at the lyrics, and I'm listening to it, and as soon, like I said, as soon, and, and and we also know that the sax player at the beginning of it was this guy, Lenny Pickett, who was the musical director of the SNL band in 1989, which is probably why it sounds like a TV show. Mm-hmm. And so that's in my head. I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm seeing if there's anything interesting in here that we would talk about. I, I don't even think we owe it to our listeners to go through the lyrics on a song like this however i'm looking at the lyrics i see a couple this there's one stanza or whatever it is it's got i see working girl and then i'm thinking of the movie working girl and then right after it says facts of life or fact of life and i'm thinking the song facts of i'm thinking the facts of life i'm thinking of the tv yeah. show facts of life <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just i just started singing it like the facts of life and 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 I, I put it together. You, would you like to hear it?
1: It sounds like it would be a much improved version. So, yes, I would like to hear it.
2: You, you want to hear it with the music or without? With. <laughs> That's the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you're tired and your day is done, you say you're not the only one. It's a fact of life. Now, man and wife, if you put yourself together right, I know you're coming home tonight. You're standing right. It's a fact of life, it's a cold, cruel world And you work full-time to get by All it is is me and you went in Rome do as they do Ooh, ooh, ooh There ain't nothing we can't get through if we do as the romance, do as the romance, do as the romance, do as the romance, do, do when it rolls with you.
1: That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you totally ruined the song by like making it way better as a cheesy TV thing.
2: Right. I ruined the song by making it better. That's the perfect thing to say. I think he would love this. And be like, "All right, guys, you got me. <laughs> you mocked me in a perfect way.
1: <laughs> that was unbelievable,
2: thank you i and I'm telling you that you know, like the way the parodies come to you at thirty seconds, you know, just came, and yeah. you know, maybe there was one point. I'm like, well, I just need one little rhyme here, and I was I used all of the lyrics he had. I didn't add in anything else, you know, besides And it just and yeah, it just nails
1: it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that was the original version. It fits so much <laughs> better than than how he tries to cram these lyrics into this song.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you liked
2: it. Because you know what's funny? I love singing it.
1: <laughs> it's I can tell. Smaller. Yeah. It was,
2: well, it's, uh, it was a good song in my wheelhouse in the, the key. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> so this song reminded you of the Facts of Life theme. For me, when I hear it, it sounds a lot like the song Come See About Me by the Supremes. Do you know that how's,
2: one? No. How's that go?
1: I'll play that for you.
2: Come see about me and la da 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 da.
1: That's exactly what it is.
2: Oh, of course. That's such a legendary song. I just I guess I just didn't know the title because mm-hmm. I obviously have heard that. Um, yeah, it was a number it's one. Not like when in Rome, I have definitely heard that song before. It's so really good and it's so interesting and it's so much better than when in Rome. And it was done 30 years beforehand and <laughs> it's 10 times yeah. better. And it sounds musically better, which makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I feel like in the chorus when he's like, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And that's the same as come see about me. Yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. That's why I let it play out. I'm like, actually, I'm more enjoying
1: this song than when in Rome. Let's just switch the episode right now and make it all about the Supremes. I could have
2: sworn when I was reading about Stormfront that there was a music video for this, but I couldn't find one anywhere. I mean, I don't know why there would be, but. There was something about it. I thought I, I thought I had seen it somewhere that this was a, a random video that they made from Stormfront, but now I'm kind of glad they didn't. I just can't believe he was in Rome and he wouldn't play it. I mean, that's when, you know, I mean, when he goes to France, he plays Sete. Oh, Sete It's was the other one. I'm sorry. That's why I didn't yeah. write it down because I thought it would be in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to forget about it, but it was set. Twa. he said he would never write again. And for some reason, he's calling them non woke songs. I don't know what that means exactly with those two yeah i i think he's just being a little paranoid about the decade we live in and stuff but uh i could see where he just wouldn't do those songs again but it's it's great i mean this is why we love him i don't know any other artist that wouldn't that would acknowledge that that he was like what was i doing singing in french he gets it and 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 in this one why am i And this one, just the lyrics. Why am I saying when in Rome? Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. And that's great. That's great. And that's, but the song like this, the only thing that makes sense is that he did retire after the next one. You know, if you're, he was just, I mean, I guess he was always running out of material. I guess we learned, I think Paul Lauren taught us, or maybe I just read it somewhere, that Billy Joel, unlike other artists, we keep thinking he has a whole selection of catalogs because we know of a couple of unreleased stuff. But, I think I've been reading that Billy Joel basically would write, let's say 12 songs for 10 songs for an album. And he wasn't like writing like Bruce Springsteen, a thousand songs. Let's just pick, you know, 12 off of them. And he always ran out of material. It wasn't just that we can rely on the fact that he "Eh, gave up on this. And then that's why this will be my last album. It happened on the bridge. It happened before that. It's just like, ah, it happened on street life serenade. The guy always had writer's block for some reason.
1: Yeah. And he probably got to the point where he realized maybe if he tried to make another album, what if only three of the songs were good? And then six had to be filler like this, like that would be a disaster. So rather than even attempt that, he just said, I'm done.
2: It's so funny though, because most people would kill for three songs being awesome on an album, but I guess he had a much higher standard. And after you make, I know this is going to sound crazy, but after you make an innocent man because of the time period that that came out and they were and he was able to keep up with michael jackson and all and hall and oates and all those people that released seven songs off of one album the way they did it back then because that's a smash you know you gotta every song has got to be a hit now and after you're able to do that and then you come up with the bridge and really all of them kind of suck i mean they might have gone you know modern woman went to 10 but None of them are great, and they're just possibly a matter of trust. Is only played because he is Billy Joel. (laughs) And I mean, it's kind of like that you know, he gets the stranger because turnstiles. Well, I didn't even know if turnstiles had nothing, so I he gets turnstiles because the entertainer on Streetlight Serenade. So you get you always get one more Mm -hmm. if you have a hit. Well, we'll give you one more try, but yeah, it's just. After An Innocent Man, he probably was like, I I don't think I could replicate that again. And I'm sure he didn't even think all of these songs would be hits, but that's the way people were meant to. Def Leppard was the other one I was thinking of. You know, in that time period, 83 to 85, even maybe a little longer, that's what the record companies were asking for. I'm sorry, I need every song to be a hit. No more filler songs. And he's thinking old school. Oh, shit. I don't think I can write nonstop hits. Meanwhile, Stormfront had five or six hits they weren't his greatest hits or were they because they're on greatest hits volume
1: three yeah at least he left this one off of that album right <laughs> oh boy I, i'm surprised that's how you know he didn't like it when he was like look we're gonna do this greatest hits volume three thing but you got to keep winning all
2: out. of stormfront is on greatest hits volume three if we're pretty much making greatest hits volume three stormfront and a few extras <laughs> just keep winning rome out of there that is pretty fucked up <laughs> i keep going back to that it still feel bad that we made everybody
1: listen to the greatest hits five three <laughs> yeah we apologize so much for that and also for this episode about a song that no one probably cares about at all
2: oh that's our right. that's the fun of this podcast in general you got to go with the as uh, paul lawrence says in the opening you know, what is it the stinkers the clinkers
1: even the turds.
2: Even the turds.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: guess he was probably thinking about this song. He we'll was we'll find out at the wrap up. Maybe exactly. he likes this song. Yep. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. He'll do his wrap up. He'll do his rankings. And all of a sudden, it'll be like, and that number one, when <laughs> <Lenny> Rome. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't would know, love fellas. That. I just like this one. I would
2: love to hear that be his explanation. But it looks like we've all been on point in the Street Life Serenade. He definitely had the weekend song down low and looked the way we did. And.
1: The way you did, I like weekend song.
2: Oh well, I don't know. We both had, we all had nine and ten, the same, whatever they were. Well, you guys had the Mexican connection down there. I had that as number what one. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. We all had
1: the last of the big time spenders. Oh yeah, right, right, right.
2: But this one, um, yeah, I would assume this is this would be everybody's nine or ten.
1: I'm not even sure because honestly, I think there's a few soft songs on this album, so maybe there's one. I got to look at the whole list. I might. No. I, well, Tune so in everybody for the next wrap-up. week, yeah. next week. We'll see what happens. So since there's not a lot to talk about the song, I wanted to do some research on the phrase when in Rome. Okay. So I was wondering, this is a phrase that everyone knows, right? When in Rome do as the Romans do, but what's the origin of it? Cause usually you hear a phrase like that and it's like, Oh, Mark Twain in 1895 came up with this and it became, well, novels.
2: I believe it was Socrates who once said that.
1: No, yeah, know. but it's close to that. It's close oh, to it what is? you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's from the 300s. It's from the fourth century. Oh, that was like my favorite century, too. A great century. Really great. Loved everything about it. Uh, it was apparently St. Ambrose talking to St. Augustine. You know those guys.
2: Sure. I used to but, date somebody named Maria Augustine.
1: She was probably a descendant of this guy because I don't know. I if they were doubt to get married, Very, but they had some people on no the side. was no saint.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she was a stripper from Perth Amboy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, similarly, St. Augustine was a guy from Rome. Uh, no, no. St. Ambrose was a guy from Rome, and then he was visiting Milan, where St. Augustine was from.
2: He was visiting Milan. Was... Milan. Oh, gotcha. Yeah.
1: He was surprised that at their Catholic or whatever congregation, they weren't fasting on Saturdays. And he was like, <gasps> what the hell? How come you guys yeah. don't fast on Saturdays? Oh, rude. And St. Ambrose was like, hey, when in Rome, you could do that. But here you're in Milan, so don't worry about it.
2: Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Makes and a lot then, of sense, too. It makes sense. Yeah, it's common sense, but he put it together pretty nicely. Then this guy named Henry Porter, now in 1599, had a play called The Pleasant History of the Two Angry Women of Abingdon. You know that play. That's a
2: good play. I do. I'm very, I've am very. i performed it twice.
1: Yeah. And in that play, I play says,
2: angry woman number
1: one. Honestly, I think you should have played both of the angry women. I, I didn't want to
2: say anything. I was seeing what the audience reaction would be, but uh, I might try and do that next year.
1: Like a one-man show where you somehow you're like a dual personalities. Yeah. And... Next season. Yeah. Well, and then as you know, the, the one of the famous lines that your character had was, "Nay, I hope as I have temperance to forbear drink, so have I patience to endure drink. I'll do as company doth, for when a man doth to Rome come, he must do as there is done."
2: You know, I. You know, maybe I won't do that play.
1: <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> of doths and dooths.
2: Just glad I didn't live in that uh, decade or that era. I would have been very bored.
1: (laughs) And then, as you remember, about 22 years later, the famous Robert Burton, you know Robert Burton.
2: I know Richard Burton.
1: Yes. So this was his great, 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 great grandfather, Robert Burton, who wrote a book called The Anatomy of Melancholy. It was this huge, gigantic volume about depression, basically. And in that, he says, like Mercury, the planets are good with good, bad with bad. When they are at Rome, they do there as they see done. Puritans with Puritans, Papists with Papists. That's awful, and that's it. That's the history of the phrase "When in Rome." Uh,
2: that is one boring history of "When in Rome." When it's like, but it is kind of an interesting phrase because everyone knows it, and it's funny that that guy probably said it in somebody's house, and yet everybody found out about it somehow. How do you suppose that happened?
1: Which guy? The original saint guy. The original
2: guy from the year three.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently then he wrote it down in some letters like in 395. And, and a, they're and like, English. you
2: got to see what this guy's doing. This is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, like he said it first and everyone was like, wait, what'd you just say? That's good.
2: Yeah, this guy Comicus, he's been doing it on stage.
1: <laughs> right in Rome.
2: I mean, that's I, I know we it. talked about Comicus during the We Didn't Start the Fire one, but he does a whole bit on being in Rome. It does take place at the palace. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wants to end up like a big fat pig? Did he just say big fat big? He did, sire. Do you think he meant me?
1: I believe he did, sire. (laughs) (laughs) Get
2: off fat! Get off fat! You're on.
0: Good evening, ladies and emperors. I just got back from Venice and boy, are my arms tired. Let me tell you about Venice. Venice is a very old city. Very old. Very wonderful city, ancient city. You can learn a lot in Venice. You want to know how to make a Venetian blind? Like this? A puck! <laughs> 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 have you all heard about this new sect, the Christians? They are a laugh riot. First of all, they are so poor. How poor are they? Thank you. They are so poor that they have only one God. <laughs> Let's face it, let's face it. What's the rage today? Losing weight is all the rage. Everybody in Rome is either in a steam room or a vomitarium. I mean, half of Rome is either cooking or puking. (laughs) Cooking (laughs) or (laughs) puking. But you can't blame these people. You can't blame these people for wanting to be thin. Who wants to look like a big fat pig? This is so big fat pig. Yes, he did, sire. Do you think he's at me? I believe he did, sire. Oh! Get off the fat jokes! Get off fat! Get off
2: fat! Anywho, should we just go to trivia? Yeah. I'm saying, can we go to trivia? Because I'm excited about it.
1: Everybody's all excited. About
2: Everybody's it. all excited about it.
1: All right. Well, Dave, can you stump me with a good trivia question?
2: Well, what I'd like to do today is play match game. <laughs> Mash, Gary Berghoff, Brett Summers, Charles Nelson Reilly, Richard Dawson. A, well, no, there's always a hot girl first. Hot girl she sits in the bottom. Yeah. What's that girl used to be on? Welcome back, or Hotsy Totsy. Uh, it was you, yeah, Lee Scott. One time I saw Jamie Curtis on it, I couldn't even believe it. And Gene Rayburn made out with her, and it was kind of gross. Like nowadays, like um, yeah. that 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 thing we we're talking about, Johnny Ray on the Merv Griffin show. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Then Richard Dawson and Fanny Flag. Alan Altman, comedian, Alan Altman. Anyway, here's the question. In 2007, it was revealed that Mary Kate Olsen was a big Billy Joel headbanger. If that's a, that word being in quotes for Billy Joel. <laughs> mm. She even took time off filming the TV show Weeds, which you probably didn't even know she was in, back then to go all the way to the Hamptons to see Billy play a private charity event in August of that year. We're talking about 2007. This would make sense, of course, since five years earlier, her and her sister did a movie entitled Blank. (laughs) 2007, Eric Olsen and her sister did a show. Listen, you dingbats. I I know none of our listeners remember this, but uh, it's making sense to me. A movie entitled Blank. Okay, Alon,
1: we need an answer. I'm going to say When in Rome.
2: That's correct. <laughs> I know you were waiting on it. I knew you knew exactly what it was, but thank you for listening to the nonsense before. <laughs> yes, not only did they do When in Rome, they made three movies with song titles we know. Uh, they did one called Our Lips Are Sealed, based on, of course, the Go-Go's, and then the one I actually saw in the movie theater, which I'm ashamed of, uh, New York Minute, as we know, that uh, Don Henley classic. So yeah, and I think
1: Taylor Swift also did a song called that later. Did she? I think she did, yeah.
2: I don't know about that, but yes, they did a thing called When in Rome. The weird thing was didn't take place in Rome. No it 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 in did. Rome, New York, kidding. upstate. No, yeah, no. They their last couple of movies just took place in like the Bahamas, Rome, any of the songs, New York.
1: They just went abroad and
2: I don't know if these movies made money. I don't know what happened. All we know is we know they're millionaires now.
1: Yeah, I think more from not their film career. They yeah, have, I agree. They right. Have a the fashion, fashion line, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah.
2: They are very interesting young ladies. But yeah, when in Rome, not based on the Billy Joel classic.
1: And this song does not show up in the soundtrack.
2: It does not,
1: which is really sad. Mary Kate fought for it, but Ashley had veto power.
2: Yeah, well, that's the problem. It's 2007. Why wouldn't you use like, uh, is there a song called When in Rome?
1: Well, Billy Joel has one, but I don't think we should. They should have been like, look, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley, you both are 16 years old, uh, but your fan base is all 45 year old men. So actually, this (laughs) Billy Joel song is perfect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And they ended up marrying that fan base, too. So good for them. Good for them.
0: Welcome to Roma. Roma, Roma, Roma. So much to do, so much to see. Michelangelo, Versace. This is a great opportunity for us to learn about the fashion business. Do you think they'll let us work on a fashion shoot? You will spend the summer working in our mailroom. No jokes, no playing around, presto. Mail call, mail pump. Oh, good. Italian boys. So adorable. I can't do that. Go for it. Hey, you want to go for a ride? this place? I saw a gladiator. Modern art or... That's espresso machines. You're terminated. Oh, no. You're fired. I was fired twice. We'll set up the fashion shoot. That qualifies as crazy. When in Rome. Mary-Kate Ashley's
1: new movie, When in Rome. Ciao. All right, Alon, do you have a trivia question for me? I do have a trivia question for you. The Simpsons use the phrase, when in Rome... In their third Halloween special, Treehouse of Horror 3, when Barney is eating a human arm during a zombie uprising and Homer says, Barney, not you too. And then Barney goes, I'm not a zombie, but hey, when in Rome, that segment is titled Dial Z for Zombie, which is a takeoff on the title Dial M for Murder, a film by what director? Wasn't it Alfred Hitchcock? That is correct.
0: (laughs) Barney! Not you too. I'm not a zombie, but hey, when in Rome. All right,
2: Alon. I had my technical parody. What do you have for us today?
1: Yeah, I have a a standard Weird Alon parody. This one is going to be hopefully to the tune of this song. And instead of "When in Rome," it's called "Rental Home." to the song again just so i remember how this goes
2: what and how many episodes have we done 200 this is like the first time maybe the second time you've ever had to do that with the song i'm always impressed that you remember the melody for some of these songs i could never remember and this is the only the second time you've ever had to do this that's a bad song that's the sign folks that's the catalyst for when a billy joe song is a turd as paul (laughs) calls it
1: okay i'm gonna go for it i think i got at my house, I am a neat freak, make sure everything is put away. I disinfect, wash, and dust every surface every day. But right now, I'm gone on vacation for a week in an Airbnb. So I don't really care if I leave a mess there because they're charging me a cleaning fee and when I'm home I'll clean like I always do but rental home I won't even flush my poo hey now oh that was it I'm oh, sorry uh, was, yeah I'm not doing two stanzas
2: man I you could have sung that a hundred times for me I never would have known what the melody was I still don't know all I remember is flush my poop flush my poo (laughs) rental home maybe that should have been the name of the song flush my poo (laughs) a poo
1: (laughs) well folks that was when in rome if you like our podcast be sure to go to apple and give us five stars we release new episodes every tuesday so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you feel like the Facts of Life version is an improvement over the original? Um, duh. Yeah, me too. Do you agree with Billy Joel that this is, in Paul Lauren's words, a turd? Uh, duh. <laughs> Are you surprised one of the Olsen twins is a Billy Joel head? Uh, d- oh, no, I was actually surprised about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And which saint did you like better, Saint Ambrose or Saint Augustine? I'm all in the Augustine. I'm an Ambrose guy. Oh, we got a problem here. We might have to dissolve the podcast. That's too, <laughs> I don't know if we could rectify that's it. this. That's We've had it. <laughs> and folks, remember, this is our last song from Stormfront, which means next week is our album wrap-up. Sweet. So until then, uh, oh,
2: we shouldn't have uh, thrown Paul under the bus. Geez,
1: don't yeah, let him that's hear this be awkward, ar- <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll delete that from the episode. <laughs> Until then, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. asked the
0: Romans, do-